everyone, and welcome back to, I almost said Fantastic Beasts, that's not the name of the podcast. Thank the Lord! Um, welcome back to Real Perspective, the podcast based on a podcast. Nope, the podcast based on a YouTube channel based on a podcast. As always, I'm your co-host, MJ Smith. And I'm Michael Moray. And this week we're joined by two Harry Potter bona fides, uh, Hannah Tyndall and... Uh, do you- Alicia, do you want me to call you Alicia Bean Hawks? Alicia Hawks, Bean? Uh, what bean. Bean is okay. fine. Okay, and <laughs> Bean. Um, so, uh, yeah, welcome to the show, you guys. Hey, hey. Hey, good to be here. <laughs> I'm glad you guys are here, because I'm amazed you are. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited. Let me just tell you. Oh. So excited. <laughs> We're here to talk about... Them. <laughs> We're here to talk about Fantastic Beasts: The Crimes of Grindelwald, uh, which is a, which is an, a movie you can see if if you really want to. Um, <laughs> on this show, we always kind of do a macro level discussion about uh, sort of circumstances surrounding a movie, and I think there's one thing we need to talk about um, in regards to this movie in particular. And that is J.K. Rowling. Um, she's the creator of Harry Potter. She is the writer of all seven books in the series and the two movies now in the Fantastic Beasts franchise. Um, and she also wrote a stage play called Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. Um, and she she co-wrote that with two other people. Mm-hmm. Two other people? Was it two? Yes. Yeah, I think it was two other people. It was okay. more like she kind of signed off on it. She didn't really yeah, write it. Yeah, I think the two other people wrote it. Okay. Um, so she's, you know, she's uh, uh, the, 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 the heart and soul of Harry Potter, essentially, right? And, and all of this stuff, her deal, um, when she contracts this out, everything has to go through her. Like, she is the final word, kind of no matter what, on a lot of this stuff. And it's made her a billionaire, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's that's kind of insane because it made her a billionaire really fast. But mm-hmm. in since she wrote the seven Harry Potter novels, she's faced a lot of backlash. That's been earned, in my opinion, <laughs> about kind of her treatment of her property both in terms of retroactively just kind of saying things about what she wrote and in the direction she's taken these characters or this universe in the sense in in the in the case of Fantastic Beasts um you know the big one of the big ones was like Dumbledore is gay like she just kind of said that <laughs> um and was like yeah I totally meant him to be gay he wasn't didn't display any sort of sexual preference at all in the books but here we are um and then later on she said that werewolves were an allegory for people with hiv is that oh yeah yeah i forgot forgot about about that that. (laughs) yeah and then you know she wrote these fantastic beast movies which the first one i think was well received enough from harry potter fans and then this one she's kind of getting crapped on left and right about i think um she breaks a lot of her own rules in this in this movie and we'll talk about that in specific in a second but i want to talk about jk rowling and just like 
wh honestly, what what happened? Um, Bean, we'll start with you. Um, so the, one of the things that I remember the most, like, uh, with the most clarity from the last time we recorded is a comment that you made, MJ. You said, Harry Potter fans, more than many uh, other fandoms, have been through some stuff. And I sort of, like, laughed, and I was kind of like, yeah, you know, that's true. Like, you know, we really kind of have been drugged through the mud, as it were. But, like, somehow between the recording of the last podcast and recording today, I'm realizing to a profound level how true it is that we have been through some stuff. And I think... <laughs> That this is what happens when a creator of a world or, a, or a, you know, any sort of um, story that people love tries so desperately to hold on to her creations um, and doesn't allow the people to take a degree of ownership for that creation. Um, and I think that we touched on this in the last podcast as well. I've since read a book called Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert and would highly recommend it. She makes the argument that creations do not belong to the creator once they've been released to the public. And I would agree with that. Wow. I think that once you as the creator, um, and I am a, a, a creative type. So once I, as a creator, have released my creation to the world, that is now theirs to a certain degree, okay? Obviously, you know, copyright, all of that stuff aside, um, people are going to do with my work as a creator what they will. They're going to make it mean what it's going to mean to them. And I think J.K. Rowling has not allowed her audience to take ownership at all of the world that she gave us. So it's almost like she sort of was like, hey, here's this world for you to enjoy, sort of. Like, as long as I sort of, like, am okay with it, I'm going to put all these parameters around it. And I'm going to – it's like she's the mom that won't let her kids grow up. She <laughs> won't just hand it over and be like, okay, here, enjoy this. You know, be in the world. Really love it. She has to, like, every once in a while be like, no, we're going to revoke that privilege. You can't think of Dumbledore's sexuality in any way other than how I, you know, have decided it's going to be. Or, or I'm going to make Ron and Hermione get a divorce just to remind mm. you that I'm here and present and am in charge of these people and it's like you know can you just can we just be in this world for a minute can we <laughs> let their marriage mean what it needs to mean for us can it be different for other people like so I just feel like she is really just tightened the reins to such a degree that has undermined her influence as a creator and now it's like whatever she says we we kind of go okay well she's talking again here we go <laughs> yeah buckle up yep. JK Rowling yep. saying some stuff you know yeah, I just so you know, Alicia, when you brought up like people not owning their creations, I think I you're not in the podcast room, but I saw MJ get triggered. Yeah, oh, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a separate podcast. I'm not. Uh, so, yeah, two things about that. One, Elizabeth Gilbert, the Eat, Pray, Love woman. Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, two. Man, do I not agree with that. Uh, <laughs> We, we won't get into that, but, and this is actually, we'll talk, what, what, we'll talk about George Lucas in a second. Yeah, uh, yeah that, like that was all dancing around George Lucas right there. Yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, that's, that's the, the other big example that we can talk about. But Hannah, what do you think? Wow. That was really eloquent, Bean. I don't oh. even know how to follow that. But I, I do agree that, I don't know about the, like, the ownership thing for me, 
I feel like I agree with what the heart of the heart of what you're saying. And like MJ said, that's a that's a whole that is such a long topic. I've I've talked to Corey about that over over the past couple of years, and it's been super interesting. Um, but I definitely agree that it's like, yeah, that that concept of like, oh no no no, I'm still here. No, like actually, I've changed my mind about this, so I'm gonna just say this or do this or whatever. And and it's frustrating because I don't know. Okay, so sometime last year, or maybe it was earlier this year, it doesn't really matter. I decided to pick up um, J.K. Rowling's book, The Casual Vacancy. Have any of you read it? No. Okay. Um, And I was really excited about it. It's a murder mystery that she wrote, and it's adult fiction, not like... It's also unconnected from the Harry Potter. No, 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 no. Yeah, completely different. So she finished Harry Potter, and she decided to try to branch out in some other areas, and she wrote some other books. I think she even wrote one under a pseudonym, and I can't remember if that's accurate or not, but... It was actual casual vacancy, and then it got leaked. So she claimed it retrospectively. Okay. Yeah, so the copy that I have has her name on it, but... Um, I honestly read about two chapters of it and I was like, I can't do this. It feels like she's trying too hard. Um, and there are a lot of reasons for that, but I kind of wonder if she branched off into this other things because when she finished Harry Potter, she said, I'm done. Um, and you know, I'm, I'm ready to, to move on into other areas. And then I kind of feel like maybe she tried to do that and it wasn't as successful. It wasn't as life-giving. It wasn't as whatever. And she, so then she came back to Harry because that's popular. And honestly, I don't even know if it's necessarily like, I know some people, and I have even been guilty of saying that like, it's just a giant money grab, but I don't know that that's fully it. I, I think mean, it's did just you see this she, movie? Uh, well yeah (laughs) that that I did but I mean like her whole um like mindset behind it I think part of it could potentially be a money grab but she's a billionaire it's not like she's hurting for cash um I feel like it's more like what Bean was saying where it's like no like I can't let go because I loved this world so much and my other worlds didn't work out and now I have to go back it's kind of like the like 40 plus year old going back to high school and being like man these were the days right (laughs) (laughs) like she's the uh the the literary uncle Rico yes (laughs) Yes. So I, and uh, yeah, and that's, that's how I felt about a lot of, a lot of pieces of this movie. Well, and I feel like there is an argument to be made for the fact that she, this is probably the world that legitimately brings her the most joy as a creator. Yeah. And so I don't feel like that should be taken from her, but maybe just, I don't, I don't really know like what my expectation, like if I were, were in her shoes, like what would I how would I behave differently? Like if this was the world that was bringing me joy, I'm not sure how I would expect her to behave differently. I don't know. Maybe just stop changing canon. I don't, I don't know. That's how I feel. It's like, could you write something new in a similar world? Like when, um, like when, uh, Pottermore came out and the whole stuff about Ilvermorny and like the American schools and all of that happened. I'm like, well, why can't you go in that direction? Mm-hmm. Well, and we saw some of that, some of that in Fantastic Beasts. In the first right? one. In the, yeah, yeah, yeah. In yeah, Fantastic yeah. Beasts and Where to Find Them. Yeah. Um, we kind of saw it was... abandoned it. Yeah, it, it took place mainly in America. It was, you know, what the New York Wizarding World uh, was like. And all of that stuff is the stuff that actually worked in mm-hmm. the movie. Mm-hmm. The totally. best, I think, was kind of seeing the Wizarding World in a different time period 
in a different place in magical history, removed from London, removed from England, removed from the UK entirely, removed from Europe entirely. Um, that's all that world building. I, and also, um, you know, part of that is the production design of that movie it was really good and Yates framed it really nicely. Um, so it felt like that the American wizarding world felt very lived in. You know, they go to that uh, American speakeasy for wizard people where they order like mm. the low blaster, two, three Google waters and a low blaster or whatever. Mm -hmm. And just there was, like little touches like that actually felt like a world again, which, you know, that was, and, and being what you said is that you think that this is the world that brings her the most joy. And that makes a lot of sense on the surface level because there's a lot in here, right? Like mm -hmm. she's she's established this whole wizarding world that takes place from roughly the 80s-ish through the late 90s-ish. Right. And there's a whole history of magic there, right? It's it's to sort of kind of get the ball rolling on the, the parallel here, George Lucas. Um, George Lucas writes Star Wars, right? Comes up with this whole world, the excuse me, the force, all this stuff. And he imbues it with this sense of history. It's a world that feels lived in, right? You go watch A New Hope. It doesn't matter that the prequels happened. Um, it ultimately, right? I, I, you know, I'm a prequels apologist. We'll get into that in a second, I'm sure. But it, it doesn't matter. Even if those movies don't exist, they're fine. Even if the, you know, the sequel trilogy doesn't exist, it's fine. Like the... Even if Empire and Return of the Jedi don't exist, it's fine. That world feels very contained but lived in, right? And then from there, you blow out into the prequels, into the sequel trilogy, um, and into the extended universe. And the extended universe features all these stories from across the entire Star Wars universe. And it's, you know, it's, it's all canon until Disney blows it up, right? And you have the history of the Old Republic and what happened to make the Empire become the Empire and all this stuff. And you have essentially that in the Harry Potter universe, but she didn't let that history go to other people. George Lucas gets, um, gets, gets slammed for kind of similar things, right? For someone not willing to let his creations go. But if you really look at what George Lucas did with the prequel trilogy, he just made the history of the Skywalker family. That's that's it. He didn't bring in the history of the Old Republic. He didn't bring in this expansive, all-encompassing canon into the prequels. It's a very small story. Mm -hmm. What J.K. Rowling's doing with Fantastic Beasts is not that at all. Yeah, there's even stuff that happens before the Fantastic Beast movies that maybe other people can get in, but she hasn't released the rights to that stuff. There's no expanded universe the way there is with Star Wars. There's fan fiction, and she's come out and said she's okay with fan fiction, but fan fiction isn't considered, like, legitimate, mm -hmm. and, and it's not canon, well, for except sure. Except for the Cursed Child, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that was, like, uh, was endorsed the... fan fiction. Yeah, that was, <laughs> that was just... Into... Yeah, that was that was fan fiction with a check that she signed. <laughs> um, Mike, uh, what do you think? I think a couple things are going on with this. Um, when it comes to the, I guess you can call them retcons. Mm -hmm. They're changing, you know, Dumbledore's backstory or the sort of had his trance, uh, right? And the the snake was once like a woman, and all this. Oh, stuff. oh gosh. Um, <laughs> I think I think some of this comes from her 
newfound desire to go and use her platform to promote liberal causes, uh, you know, in the sense of trying to be a perceived ally of, you know, the homosexual movement or uh, just greater representation in different forms. The problem is that she misreads that and it's actually found fairly, very condescending by people on the left because it's a, a very token way of shoving in representation, especially mm -hmm. when it's thrown in there after the fact. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so she misreads that and she actually doesn't come across as an ally to those people. Yeah, um, well, a, a lot of the criticism she faces, specifically for the Dumbledore, Dumbledore thing, yeah. it's called straightwashing mm -hmm. in that she didn't do anything to make Dumbledore gay, right. except say he was. Exactly. And that's not representation. Yeah. That's just saying things. Mm -hmm. <laughs> exactly. So, so there's that. I think that she has misunderstood how she can be an ally to various groups. Um, I also think that, in general, I don't think she knows what her audience really wants. I think that she thinks that they're interested in the ideas that she presented in the seventh book, which is Dumbledore's back history with Grindelwald and all this stuff. But I don't really think that people cared about that as much as she does. And I think she got very in love with this concept in the seventh book of, of just the Deathly Hollows and all that stuff too. Um, that I don't think that people were clamoring for that. I think what her audience really wants is maybe just more adventures in, in Hogwarts again or in different schools and to explore that, watching maybe a new group of kids maybe watching even Harry's parents or something like that, or go in the future and deal with new class of kids. The part of the appeal to Harry Potter was going to the school, the school structure. And I'm not saying that it has to be grounded to a school, but I think that's where a lot of the, the good structure from the Harry Potter books came from was following these people year by year. Mm. And the further she's gotten away from that, and I mean, I would say in the seventh book, you got away from that because they're away from the school for well, the entire book, basically. Right. Yeah. Um, well, at least the school structure. The more she got away from that, the less she kind of knew what to do with her stories or pace her stories. And so I think that she's kind of lost her strengths as a writer, the further she's gotten away from that. And then uh, just in general, I think that some authors and some writers and storytellers just have one good story to tell in them sometimes. Mm. And I think that maybe she's told it. And I think that she's kind of become a hack since then. So that's just my take on oh, it. Oh, she absolutely has become a hack since then. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. <laughs> um, I yeah, I mean, so was, was, was Cursed Child out when we recorded last? Yes, she have been. Yes, okay. oh, we talked about it at length. Did we? Okay. I don't remember. Uh, hmm. I try to block that thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think I just, she's a weird lady, man. Um, <laughs> I just think that, that she, she had this idea that was clearly a billion dollar idea. It's a good idea. It, that thing has solid bones, as we say on the show, <laughs> as I say on the show, as a joke. It's, it's a, you know, it's it's that that idea has so many legs. It's it's such a good idea. It's such a good idea. It's you know recycled story beats from every hero's journey thing ever. That's fine. I don't really care about that. Um, you know, she got a lot of crap for like Harry Potter's a rip off of Star Wars, and it's like okay, well Star Wars is a rip off of some Japanese movies and King Arthur. Um, mm -hmm. So. <laughs> 
you know, I, I don't really buy into that that criticism of the Harry Potter books, but it did. Like, she, I don't know why those books got longer and longer and longer. And, it, you know, I think she, she was trying to grow up with the audience, which on paper is good, but then the way she did it was bad because it kind of killed a lot of the momentum that the stories built up in their yards, right? At those those books are adventure stories at their core. Mm -hmm. And like five is obviously the worst offender because it's the longest book, but there's just, as, as that goes on. And like Mike said, like over the course of that, as they get further and further away from Hogwarts and more into the Horcruxes, which I don't, I don't mind the way you do Mike, but the Mm -hmm. Horcruxes and like the Deathly Hollows, which that is too many MacGuffins and, you know, get away from, from Hogwarts into the endless camping trip. Like there's, there's just such a sense of like, what do I do? Like, she almost feels like she needed to pad everything out because there was a certain expectation placed mm-hmm. on her. But I think if she didn't worry about that and just told stories, it would have been so much better even back then. And I, I'm i fine with all of those books except five and seven for the most part. Other mm-hmm. than that, I like all of them. Yeah, all of them. And, you know, with Fantastic Beasts, she just like, she she went into this world and was like, okay, backstory, Dumbledore, Grindelwald. We're going to tell the story. And everyone was like, cool. And then everyone, well, everyone was like, cool, super cool. Actually really on board with this idea. I actually really like this. I think this is a good idea. You know, I'm excited for this. It's cool that we're going to get to revisit the Harry Potter universe with a twist in this different period of time. And there was a lot of people who were really excited for this movie. And Mm -hmm. then they said, oh, P.S., there's five of them. (laughs) And everyone went, "Yeah, why? It felt like it was hobbitized. Yeah, for sure. Because they they came out and they said, we're doing three of these. And they were like, okay, like, sure, why not? A new trilogy in the Harry Potter universe. We can handle that. And then they went, oh, you're excited for a trilogy? You know what's cool? A trilogy. You know what's even cooler? A quintology. (laughs) And it was like, no, no, it's not. And they were like, it is. (laughs) And didn't listen to anyone on it. Um, Corey and I saw, we saw the movie with a friend. And at the end of the movie, she was upset, as as were we. And (laughs) she looked, she looked up the, like, the movie for some reason and then she went oh my gosh there's gonna be five of these she had somehow <laughs> missed the, the memo and she was heartbroken that's the common reaction to it uh, yeah. wants five of these? no uh, one wants five of these. that's the thing is that like it feels like this is not something anybody asked for at this point mm-hmm. i feel like in some form it would have been in a shorter form mm-hmm. but given in its current form i don't see a need for this to go on five movies or in a netflix series Yes, A to the men. Do you know how often my husband and I discuss this at nauseum? Like, (laughs) so much. It needs to be a Netflix series. It plays like one, that's for sure. Yeah, (laughs) considering how the plot barely moved in this one. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I will play devil's advocate for one second, because at the end of the first Fantastic Beasts movie, Mm -hmm. I was actually kind of on board for five of them. Because I thought if the storytelling can stay solid and we can have, I mean, who can do, I mean, but okay, I was being optimistic, okay, thinking maybe we can like carry over character arcs over five movies and this could maybe like play out for five movies. 
I was on board yeah, because like I am like after uh, Force Awakens, the Last Jedi, and then it drops it all. Aww. Right. I didn't feel like that after Force Awakens. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Boo. Are you? Um, anyway, so yeah, I will. I will say, like, at the end of the first one, I was on board for five. Um, but also it's really funny, Mike, that you said that it got hobbitized because literally like two thirds of the way through the movie, my husband Shem le- leaned over to me and said, this feels like the second Hobbit movie. And I was like, no, yes, stuff happened in that movie. Then. Yeah. What? Oh, God. God. You know what? I can't remember a dang thing that happened in that movie, MJ, because. Yeah. <laughs> Smaug got desolated. Uh, well, um, you know, should we talk about the movie? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, so there's we, a lot we to talk the about. first Fantastic Beasts movie, right? And uh, it was it was fine. It was really well directed. Like I said, every compliment I have about the first one remains. Great production design, great world building, looks amazing. David Yates directed the crap out of it. It's really it's a really pretty movie, which mm-hmm. we'll talk about this one not being. It's a really <laughs> pretty movie, right? It's there's always something going on with the frame that's really visually appealing. He layers his shots really nicely. You know, there's one shot that I remember specifically. I've only seen it once. Yeah, I've only seen it once. And there's this great shot where there's like, it's like looking through a window and there's a character in the foreground and then there's a dragon in the background. And I was like, whoa, that's a really cool shot. And, uh, you know, I, the story was kind of fine. It was middle of it, the road. It was, it was there. Yeah, it was there. It was, I don't even remember what it was about. There's Newt Scamander. He's a dweeb that wants to, I don't know, do stuff. And then they're like, you got to do the stuff you don't want to do. And he's like, but I just want to do the stuff I want to do. And they're like, well, you got to do this other stuff. And he's like, okay, but also we're going to let you do the stuff you want to do too. And then uh, Colin Farrell is there and he's like, I'm I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a wizard detective. And then but he, not. Yeah. And then he's like, surprise, I'm actually Johnny Depp. And everyone was like, whoa. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, the, the and then they were break. like, tune in next time. And, <laughs> Aren't you excited? Yeah. Aren't you excited that Colin Farrell turned into Johnny Depp? What and, was Johnny Depp's closing line? It was something super weird, too, where he was like, we all die a little, just a little or something. <laughs> what? And I was I like, yeah, me too. <laughs> I am dying a little. A lot. <laughs> it's the worst. It, that is the worst turn. Uh, yeah. It's just such a downgrade because Colin well, Farrell's so Colin Farrell's so good in that movie. This actually. movie actually has the worst reveal now of Harry Potter <laughs> with the ending. Oh, oh, oh but, no, no. But the previous worst no. reveal happened in the previous movie. Okay, yeah. so we're set up with like, okay, so the next one, Newt's barred from traveling internationally because I, mm, I don't know. I don't remember. Reason. And New then York got teared up. Yeah, because he destroyed some stuff. And then you know, Colin Farrell was actually Johnny Depp, and it turns out that mm-hmm. he was he was Grindelwald the whole time. That's the setup for the new one. New one comes out, and uh, I, you know, you guys. Here's the thing: I have been racking my brain all week, like since I saw this movie Sunday night. I've been racking my brain on how I'm going to approach this plot summary section. Because <laughs> nothing happens in this movie at all. It's this, it like, the, uh, here's, here's the plot summary of this movie is the movie starts and Grindelwald escapes prison. That's one thing that happens in this movie. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, we got to get Grindelwald. And that's all. Yeah. That's the movie because at the end of the movie starts his following. Yeah, and then sort of. And then the the she already had. 
So yeah, and then <laughs> yeah, the movie so the movie ends, and they're like, "We gotta get Grindelwald." Yeah, credits, and you're like, "Okay, what happened? Like, what was a thing that happened that was important to the story of Dumbledore?" Now Dumbledore and Newt Scamander and Tina and Queenie and Jacob finding and defeating Grindelwald. What is there mm. anything of import that happens? Well, Newt no. did manage to steal some blood oath amulet that's not a thing. <laughs> no, it is now, Hannah. J.K. Rowling. Oh my oh my gosh. I was like I was sitting in the theater and I said, I leaned to Corey and I was like, is that supposed to be reminiscent of some unbreakable vow situation? Because that is definitely not how you make an unbreakable vow. Yeah. Well, it's breakable vow, unbreakable vow point two. What is it? 2.0. Oh. Um, it can't be okay. 2.0. What happened before? Okay, right. That's point, true. Point okay. 0.5. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my. Um, also, though, um, Johnny Depp, who is Grindelwald, uh, did get Credence. Because that was important for defeating. Why was that important? Because they can't fight because they are lovers in the nighttime. So he needs credence to go defeat Dumbledore. He needs him to go fight Dumbledore because they have the blood oath. Right. So the whole movie, Johnny Depp is trying to get credence, and then he does, and then he gets credence a wand, and then credence explodes a mountain. A lot of stuff happens in this movie, you guys. I don't know what you're talking about. By the way, Bean. All that you just said happened in the last 30 seconds of the movie. <laughs> it's two hours and 14 minutes long. And he's Dumbledore's brother. No, he's, no, he's not. not. That is some straight up nonsense. It's just no, wrong. he is. There's no. no way he's not. There's no way he's I, not. I will okay. laugh. I will, I will laugh if they you. walk that back because that will go and like get rid of the only development that happened to that character. <laughs> yeah, then there's no reason because for this they spent movie the entire this. movie trying to be like, who is Credence? And then they answered it at the end and they walk it back and be like, there's no Just way they won't. J.K. Rowling is too in love with that idea to walk it back. Agreed. There's How? no way. How is there's... that even possible? He had a it's secret not. brother that nobody yeah. knew about the entire uh-huh. series? Yep. Yes. No. Oh. Boo. His family was way too integral to the part of that novel for there to be a secret missing brother. I'm so I mean, upset. Yeah, but, he'll, but she'll still do it. Oh, she absolutely... She, you <laughs> Maybe can he's tell like a half-brother. I'm gonna leave him with I, this. I think it's like a half-brother thing, but it still doesn't make any sense. It makes no sense whatsoever. Um, no, okay. I, think, I, think, I don't think so. I think Grindelwald's lying to him to get him no, on the side. There's well, no way. That's not gonna that's happen. That's what I was thinking. My vote I is mean, recorded. She goes and undermines the whole plot of this movie, then, if she does that. Yeah. Um, great. What plot? What? Yeah, Literally. I agree. Agree. <laughs> but it, there's, she would just go and completely sully this whole movie, which she already did by making it. But right. Yeah. So here's, okay. Here's, here's the thing, though. There are no rules anymore. Okay. Because yeah. my it's friend like and I, it is. <laughs> there are no rules. My friend <laughs> and I were talking about this, and she said that it's impossible for Credence to not be the la- um to be to not be Lita's brother, because. They said that um, Lita's brother yes. was the last of L- the Lestrange line. Where's yeah. Bellatrix's husband? Right. That's exactly hanging out. Just, <laughs> he's probably a secret brother, Hannah. They just they just haven't turned up. Oh turned him up yet. It's a story. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We'll talk about Lita Lestrange in a second because she's a whole section unto herself. Because uh, what? Yeah. Anyway. Okay. So so movie starts and like Newt's like I can't travel internationally because there's consequences. Because go- travel ban. Wink, <laughs> wink. Oh hey. Oh, my. <laughs> uh, just, okay. Just, we'll talk about that in the heavy-handed political allegory later. Right. Um, 
<laughs> but so so he's like, I can't travel. It's, uh, also, I have a I have a secret brother that you didn't know about in the first movie. <laughs> yes. Uh, but, and he's like an or, and he's like a cool guy. Like, yes. and cool I'm just thing. a sensey boy. Like, ah. Uh, anyway, so but he also mumbles just it, as much yeah. as Newt. It, it runs with the family, and he's with Lita, but I was with Lita originally, and woe is me, I have a mop top, and then. Uh, <laughs> They're like, you can't travel. And then Dumbledore is like, you have to travel. And he's like, I don't want to. And he's like, you have to. And he's like, I will. And then no consequences come of his travel. And he travels to Paris. Also, also, let's go and point out the fact that they were going to reinstate his travel if he agreed to go and find Grindelwald. And he's like, <laughs> no. But then Dumbledore tells him to do it. He's like, okay. I <laughs> didn't even think about that. So like what? Oh my god! He's gosh. just loyal to Dumbledore. Yeah, I guess. I mean, that's fine. Sure. That's whatever. He's also, just... what's with all the the travel in general? Because it's like you can't travel internationally. It's like what are wizards showing passports at the border now? I thought they could apparate, right? Yeah. So that, I don't that understand why they had the whole port key situation, and then that's how they wouldn't be tracked because that's absurd. Like well, yeah. you can't can track somebody for apparating. <laughs> I mean, if he got on the subway, they could track him. Yeah, he could just well, apparate. Not in nineteen twenty-seven. I mean, they would have people stationed. Apparating got turned on its head in this movie entirely because since when have you ever ever seen anybody killed mid-apparation? Yeah, until this what? movie. Oh uh, yeah, the cuss? apparition has just gotten so stupid in these movies now. It's yeah. like why do they why do they even use brooms Mike, at all? Mike. I'm confused. Magic has gotten so stupid. Yes, this point. <laughs> it's There's, true. Okay, so let's talk about that. Magic is totally broken now. Yes. And so this is the first of only two conversations I want to have about this movie, The Last Jedi. Um, and <laughs> so, so you know, Last Jedi came out. Uh, some people loved it. Some people hated it. Everyone was wrong about it. And uh, um, oh my god, one of the things that stuck with a lot of people who didn't like the movie is like the force acted in some really kind of weird, strange ways with uh, specifically with Leia being like frozen in the vacuum of space. And then kind of, you know, it, the meme was like Mary Poppins Leia back on. The <laughs> and, stuff. and uh, you know, it was one of those things where we were like, okay, we need some rules mm -hmm. for the force here. However, in this movie, there's, there's a couple, there's some major breakings of magic that I, so first that stuck out to me even and i am as casual of a harry potter fan as you can find um there's a scene where uh he goes and uses and this is kind of a one-two punch of broken magic uh, uh, tina gets kidnapped and uh, he's trying to find her so he goes to the you know whatever the parisian version of diagon alley is which isn't named for some reason. Mm -hmm. um, and he finds out that she was at like the wizarding greatest showman. And <laughs> he, the way he does that is he's like, I'm going to throw gold something into the atmosphere. And then Niffler's going to help me because it's gold and he likes shiny things. And also this gold can help me see into the past. Mm -hmm. It's like, there's, we just don't know what that is. We get no explanation for what that is. And the problem yeah. with that 
the last Jedi is we haven't really gotten a primer on how the Force works in that it, it, in the Star Wars movies. So it's like quote unquote fine that it's kind of broken in in Last Jedi. In this, we've received rules of magic over the course of these seven Harry Potter books and the eight movies. Like she's established some stuff about how magic works and the rules of it. Mm-hmm. And so to go and not explain that is a heinous like oversight. And then at the end of that scene, he says Accio Niffler, but in the books, they say that you can't Accio a person or a creature. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And uh, and to, to keep the broken Accio thing going, later in the movie, Lita's in this like in like the hollow the wizard hall of records or whatever. And she's looking for the box of like Lestrange family history or whatever, like the the box that contains the Lestrange family tree. And she just says Accio, but she doesn't specify what she's talking about. And so it's like, okay, how does this work? Like, do you have to specify what you're talking about? Do you not have to specify? Do you just have to be thinking about it? Like, there's no real set of rules for it, but we've gotten some of them for this spell specifically, and it's just a mess. Yes. It's just a mess. Well, the amount of nonverbal spells that they used in this movie was astronomical in and of itself. Mm -hmm. And some spells can be done nonverbally, but mm, I don't think all of them can. There are rules. Well, yeah, it, well, and it depends on the, the caliber of wizard. And right. Th- it's like a whole, it's a whole other, it's a separate subject right. from any other magic explored in Hogwarts. Like, nonverbal spells are like a whole section of the class. Like, it's not like everybody just does nonverbal magic all the time. Like, right. there are simpler spells, like cleaning spells and whatever, um, that can be done nonverbally, but in general, it doesn't happen. And you're right, it was happening all over the freaking place. And MJ, I'm so glad that you brought up that specific scene where he's tracking everybody because that was the scene, and I can't remember when in the movie that takes place. It's like in the first third or something. I was like, hey, I'm broken. I'm done. I can't do this anymore. This is absolutely ridiculous what is happening right now. How many times would this have been useful, uh, you know, like 40, 50 years later when Harry Potter's alive? So many (laughs) times. So many times it'd be useful. And there, here's the thing. The thing that's frustrating is it could have been handled in a way that actually would have legitimized Newt's special skill set, being that he is a tracker of magical animals. A magizoologist um, being. Right. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, but there, there were ways that she could have handled that that would have expanded magic in a way that is also within keeping of the rules by simply like not allowing people to appear maybe maybe this is a spell for tracking only magical creatures and then he extrapolates clues from the which she sort of tried to do because like he at first brought up magical creatures and he was like there's this weird japanese thingy in a pot and then oh there's tina like the custard we need to see the japanese thingy in a pot for there was no like it just i my mind exploded, and from then on, it was just all downhill, and it didn't start out strong for me, but that scene in, in particular was really egregious. I can't. I can't. Yeah. Also, Newt was uh, a dropout of Hogwarts. Right. So... How, like, why is he out fighting all the Aurors? Can we How just... How is he... Yeah. I don't... Why, why does... Okay. Uh, why is Newt the main character of these movies? That's the... That's because his, his name is on a book. That's why. 
It so? really doesn't make sense. But the thing that's frustrating is they could have made it make sense. They, she could have, she could have put more animals in this movie. Okay, mm-hmm. like she could have built in ways that Newt was winning these battles via animal. And it's true, but even the even the first movie didn't do that well at all. No. It was, I it feel was like it did separate. it way better than this movie did, though. No, Definitely always, better They have always movie. felt crammed into me. I think yeah. that this whole series has been flawed from the start by going with this Fantastic Beasts and where to find them. I'm going to make a movie out of, like, a side book that deals with, like, a creature, you know, yeah. dictionary. I just think that that was flawed from the start. And they keep on trying to find ways to justify why they went with this direction. So that's why they go and cram in a critter here and there when yeah. they can. But I think the further they get into this Grindelwald stuff, the like more farcical it gets with the whole original direction of this. She should have just made Tina the main character. She's right. way more interesting. Mm-hmm. That actress is way better than Eddie Redmayne. Like, I just... I, and she was in it for five minutes. That was yeah, so yeah. obnoxious. She's mm-hmm. way more charismatic. Or if she just wants to go and get into the Dumbledore stuff and just make this a Dumbledore prequel series. Yeah. Like, yeah. just cut to the chase. It, well, it just feels redundant. I kind of like the idea of this sort of almost wizard detective story mm-hmm. happening. That's cool. I like the idea of like a detective-y character kind of weaving in and out of this drama with uh, Dumbledore and Grindelwald. Mm-hmm. But it needs to be Tina. Like it's not new. Yeah. It's just a he's a magizoologist. I like mean, I can't yeah. wait for them to go and further justify Fantastic Beasts being in like the fifth movie, for example. No, yeah. what, what strange ways are they gonna come up with for that? And this is gonna get no really far afield, mm. but um so there's this video game series called Halo, right? Mm-hmm. On in uh-huh. Halo, wait, hold on, it's gonna make sense in a second. Okay. <laughs> Halo's like this, like, ring planet, okay? The good guys and the bad guys crash on, they fight there, and they find out it has, like, a purpose behind why this planet is a ring. Okay. And then they go and blow it up at the end of the first one. And now they've had, you know, five or six Halos since then. Mm -hmm. And they keep on finding increasingly strained ways to either come back to that planet or introduce new ringed planets, even though the, like, whole conflict was already solved with the first one. That's what it feels like with this Fantastic Beast thing to me, where it's just... Why is it called Fantastic Beasts anymore? Like, it doesn't yeah. even tell you anything about what the actual subject matter of this thing is. But it's just like an obligation at this point. They have to have it be about this. Right. <clears throat> well, and again, I think the material is actually probably there. The idea of like this natural nature loving um, sort of like, you know, animal friend guy going mm-hmm. up against Grindelwald's equivalent, which is Credence, which is this out of control, super powerful, like, um, so the juxtaposition between those two, like, uh, viewpoints, I feel like there's material there. It's just that it gets lost and thrown away. She doesn't use it in a way that, like, it could be very powerfully done. There are powerful magical creatures in this world. And if Newt knows how to... um befriend them or tame them or or whatever like i feel like there's so many ways that we could have used that sort of like idea of like um ewoks versus stormtroopers so you, you know what want, i'm saying you want pokemon sure well, well, then, <laughs> Wizard no, then, pokemon <laughs> then call it newt scamander and you know whatever yeah, yeah. yeah. I just, agree. like that's I agree. that's the problem well and also also there's an inherent flaw in that in that it makes Dumbledore look like a d bag. Yeah, he it, he Most comes of. off 
like he's absolutely manipulating Newt into doing his bidding for him. Blood oath or not, mm -hmm. if you go that direction with it, because that's what Grindelwald is doing to Credence. And if right. Dumbledore is doing that to Newt, he's coming off as no better than Grindelwald. Yeah. So I have no sympathy for either one of them at this point. Well, I mean, J.K. Rowling's been basically burying Dumbledore since book like six or seven so <laughs> no boo stop yeah no, no, sorry no, turn no, around no. turn around we gotta go in a different direction i will <laughs> say <laughs> that uh dumbledore's character in this movie was like not even a character but like, i was like law, i felt like yeah. a good job Did jude law is being jude law i like that casting i like I, good casting. i didn't but he's got nothing to do. Yeah. yeah but I just, yeah. I was like, he's literally, he's just standing there. Like, I don't feel like he, they didn't write the character of Dumbledore as Dumbledore. <laughs> I saw a tweet that said, uh, <laughs> I really want to see a movie about the moment Grindelwald decides to go from sensible three-piece suits to just crazy bejeweled robes. <laughs> <laughs> We were talking about the fact that um, it doesn't make any sense in this movie that, like, Grin the whole point of Grindelwald is he is supposed to be, like, his slogan and why Dumbledore gets even involved with him in the first place is his slogan is for the greater great. good. Yes. <laughs> okay. It's for the greater good. And so his platform is supposed to be a little bit innocuous at first. It is not supposed to be, like, Voldemort. And so um, he looks straight up crazy. Mm -hmm. He's supposed yes. to look like handsome and charismatic. And, and then they cast Johnny like, Depp. Draw oh. you in. Oh. But then they gave him like one Depp. crazy eye. And it's just like, it just, it didn't. And I was like, this isn't Grindelwald. Like the whole point of Grindelwald's character is supposed to be that he is like manipulatively charismatic. That is the yeah. point. <laughs> Well, and then... But wasn't that what Voldemort was supposed to be? Like, that's yes. what's driving me nuts about yeah. this. Like, he's I, the same character. I, I hate the concept of Grindelwald, because it's like, okay, this guy was even apparently even more of a badass than Voldemort, but, like, no one ever talked to him up until book seven. I talked about <laughs> him until book seven. Not just that, it's like, it just makes Voldemort lame now in comparison. If this guy accomplished, like, Wizard World War II, which is what J.K. Rowling, like, has implied in interviews, is that he was helped in involved in the creation of World War II. Okay? That makes him a way worse person than Voldemort ever hopes to be. So I, I have a problem with just that whole concept of this character in the first place, because he just took all the cool traits that we thought that Voldemort had as a villain, and they, they just made him more of a badass than him, apparently. I hate it. I hate the concept of Grindelwald in general. So, I mean, at least in the books, Grindelwald's character is supposed to be not as crazy as Voldemort. Yeah. Well, so, I don't know that they really hint at that. I, I, they, they don't hint that he's a, as successful as Voldemort. Okay. Yeah, well, this clear, movie is really what. Well, this movie is yeah. what's messing up Grindelwald, not right. the books. Mm. Interesting. Okay, so uh, first off, it's really funny if they're gonna go, because like they kind of like skim the surface of the Dumbledore and Grindelwald like romantic relationship in this one, and I'm sure they're gonna do do a deeper dive into it as the films Probably. go on. What uh, is the? Can you guys answer the statement for me? Um, what does closer than brothers mean to you? They were because <laughs> I know they were lovers. I'm not um, a moron. I'm just um, saying I felt like that line was really weird. I thought it was a way to have her cake and eat it too. Yeah, which yeah, she, yeah. she doesn't want to explicitly say it. 
Right. She doesn't want to go yeah. and alienate foreign audiences or, you know, groups even though people. she explicitly said it. Which, right. Which she said. Yep. It. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yep. Yeah, which, which, which is a reason why people are, get ticked off at her when yeah. she you know, like claims to be an ally of things, but then doesn't. Yeah, it's terrible. It's that's really like, disingenuous like, and like right. mean. It's mean. And so, what I have a hard time buying into is like, Dumbledore is a good-looking dude, and freaking Grindelwald is Johnny Depp. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he was real handsome as a young guy, which you saw in that very necessary scene where the minister was like, you can't fight him because of this. And then they showed them standing uh-huh. in the same room together and Dumbledore had to be like, no, I never fight people that I stand, stand in, in the, the same, same room, room with. with. <laughs> uh, what? Uh, Did that happen? Yeah. yeah. Don't you remember he when didn't the... say that. No, 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 no. But, but it's like the minister comes in and is like, you need to go fight Grindelwald. And Dumbledore's like, I can't. And then the minister wizard's like, is it because of this? And he like brings up this scene with Grindelwald and Dumbledore standing next to each other. And he's like, yes, it's because <laughs> I stand in the same room with people and I can't ever fight them. Well, that was when he said you and Grindelwald okay, were let's... like brothers. And then Dumbledore said we were closer than brothers. Okay, let's time. talk Grindelwald. Let's talk Grindelwald. Um, so Grindelwald is Johnny Depp. He was in disguise at Colin Farrell. Everyone wishes Colin Farrell was Grindelwald instead of Johnny Depp. And this is the first full-on Johnny Depp as Grindelwald performance we've gotten. He starts the movie, and he, uh, escapes prison that he was being held at for some reason. And then he just, like, hangs out and gets high with magic. And <laughs> then he has a Trump rally and summons a blue dragon and then tells Credence that he's Dumbledore's secret time's brother. And <laughs> that's all that happens to Grindelwald in this movie. Oh, wait, like, he randomly kills some muggles just in case you didn't know he was the bad guy. And takes their house. At the very beginning, he goes in and he kills some muggles and then he has one of his cronies kill a kid oh, because yeah. he just wanted to really like phone it in. That those guys are not nice people. So I think I went to the bathroom during that part. And mm, uh, uh, yeah, I think I did go to the Because when I came back from the bathroom, um, Dumbledore and Newt were sitting on like the trolley car and having their conversation about. Oh, like, yeah. You, yep. you, missed, you missed that he killed some muggles to okay. take their house and kill the yeah. baby. All right. And smoke their magic skull bong. And yeah. <laughs> so... That's it. Like, it's called The Crimes of Grindelwald, and I guess there's two in there. No, his crime was going and having a Trump rally at the end of this movie. <laughs> so, well, well he, he, no, he's not. he killed because a lot of people, guys. He, like, the, summoned blue fire and, like, killed a bunch of people. people but... Yeah, he, but even the orders say, like, it's this isn't illegal. Yeah. Like, that's illegal a line people? in the movie. He says it's not illegal to uh, not kill people. Oh. <laughs> he says it's, 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 it's not illegal to listen to him. Yeah. Like, they even oh, go right. so far as to say, like, it's not illegal for him to have this rally. Um, and so it's like, okay, he escapes, crime. He kills some muggles, crime. Other than that, like, he's not, he's, he's, he's not really Wizard Charles Manson the way we've seen him. Yeah. Like, the, he's not, it's the. He's not pushing the plot along because there no, is no because there isn't one. Right. <laughs> it's the standing around talking of Grindelwald. Yeah. Yeah. They All he does is stand in various life. locations and just, like, say cryptic stuff at people. <clears throat> and they're like, okay, mm-hmm. I 
guess I should murder some people yeah. because of what you just uh, said. Apparently that was convincing because now it's made one of the main characters who was previously pretty likable <laughs> to one of his followers. What the hell? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then again, she uh, apparently kind of drug slash date rape some yeah. person. So... <laughs> oh, oh my, my gosh. gosh. Yeah. <laughs> That was rough. That was rough. Okay, we'll talk about that in a second. Let's talk Grindelwald. So it's here's my frustration with Grindelwald is like it's the same. It's the same frustration I have with every Johnny Depp performance nowadays, which is we know Johnny Depp can be good and he's just not anymore. But the other frustrating thing is this is the best performance he's given since the first Pirates of the Caribbean movie, and it's just kind of mediocre. Yeah. Like. He's not. He doesn't have like a weirdo accent. He's not. He doesn't have these crazy over the top like gestures that he's doing he's playing it pretty straight aside right. from like looking kind of weird mm-hmm. and that's actually probably the best performance yeah, i've just, seen him give in a minute just by default that makes it better than <laughs> yeah yeah um but would you say that that's probably not johnny depp's fault because he wasn't both? given a whole lot to work with he wasn't given a whole lot to work with and he was also sabotaged by the freaking atrocious artistic design of his character yeah yes um, yes <laughs> He just looks like garbage. Yeah. Um, but also, he doesn't imbue it with anything either. No. So it's kind of a fault of everyone. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he goes and tells he goes and tells the 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 make the Wizarding World Great Again followers that he has. He's he's like, hey, uh, we gotta kill the immigrant muggles. Because yeah. <laughs> they are gonna start World War II and drop the bomb. Yeah. Which um, si- oh well, we can talk about Queenie in a second. But yeah, right. yeah, and then we'll get we'll talk about Grindelwald and we'll talk about Queenie, and everyone's like, oh gosh, I don't want the bomb to drop, whatever that is. <laughs> we don't like he's a bad guy because he wants to stop World War II. Wait, what? I'm, I'm, a confused, yeah. I'm a little confused at the implication here, but it, it go on, continue. So, yeah, so he's like, you know, we got to build a wall between the the wizarding world and the muggle world. Which so, is represented by this blue flame of wall that you have to cross <laughs> to join me. But anyway, continue. Oh my gosh. So, uh, <laughs> and that's, that's it. That's his whole motivation of yeah. like, why, like, he's like, I don't hate muggles. They just need to die. Yeah. <laughs> um, that is then, what he said. Also, join me, Credence, person who was born a particular way and has to suppress that and was persecuted yeah, by, yeah, well, by okay, religious well, cre- fundamentalists. No, no, no. And... The Credence is gay thing has been a thing since the first No, one. I agree. Yeah, that's something. That's that, like, that was that the that also, explicit implication yeah, of the that, first one. And that's right. better social commentary than Dumbledore is gay. Well, agreed. <laughs> but, I mean, I disagree with the, the uh, direction and the intent toward making the religious people evil with it but right. yes it, it's also a coded and uh, allegory but they, i mean that's the most we get out of it like that was the whole yeah. crux of the last one mm-hmm. so you would think that would be more important to his character than it is yeah he doesn't have any ptsd from that nope. in this movie he just gets told he does yeah um and then he just wonders who am i yeah anyway so grindelwald what, uh, what did you guys think uh, hannah and bean what uh. you uh i mean i feel like you guys have said quite a lot already (laughs) um i feel like i just i don't even i don't know i i'm just confused i don't understand it it's like they were trying to make him charismatic because that's what he's supposed to be but they did not succeed like scene in the scene where they like 
uh, they didn't kidnap her, but like kind of took Queenie and then he talks to her a little bit about the future and stuff. And then she feels intrigued by it. So it's like they were kind of trying to show him as like a charismatic, like sympathizer. But of course, he's not. But then all of that is thrown away at his rally at the end. So, yeah, that gets into my thoughts about Queenie because I don't that none of that made sense. It's like he's talking about muggles. He starts off trying to say that muggles are, you know, they're not bad. They're just different and they're not less than they're just, you know, different and like all these different things which sounded kind of like, okay, that's where Grindelwald's character would start his platform. And then the next thing you know, he's showing pictures from World War II and saying that we need to rid the world of the brutal muggles that are going to cause this war. So he literally just flips it on a dime. The character doesn't make any sense at all. Uh, I don't don't understand. And I feel like it would have been really easy to write okay i say easy like i didn't write a movie but i feel like it could it's doable to have him be way more sympathetic and that's the crux of it for me like hannah was saying earlier i feel like if they had made his position far more like appealing to the regular people so a we needed to see the ministries um actually engaging in oppression of people and we needed to see the people who are actually like maligned and like um you know, like discriminated against and we needed Mm -hmm. to feel their struggle so that when Johnny, I mean, Grindelwald, I literally (laughs) can't even call him Grindelwald. When Grindelwald gets on and is like, Hey, look at all these injustices. We as the audience need to be like, okay, no, he actually has a point. You guys like they're kind of messed up and they're doing these things. Um, so that he could actually have a platform to stand on and turn people like Queenie who has, who is actually being oppressed in, in a way um, so that we can be like, you know what, I get it. Because at the beginning, they say to us via some ministry official, he's really good at talking people into things. And then literally never see that happen ever. Yeah. Right, literally. yeah. He needs to be less Donald Trump and more Charles Manson. Like, that's the, yes. that's the whole thing is, like, she sacrificed Grindelwald as a character for Grindelwald as a metaphor, and it doesn't work because she's bad at that. Right. She's really bad at social commentary. Mm -hmm. And so she just like completely cuts his character off at the knees to just make him Donald Trump because she wants to say something about that. And that's uh, wanting to say something about the state of the world. That's not a problem in and of itself. It's just that she did it in the most ham fisted, lazy way possible. Right. Like it's there's no subtext to it at all. It's all right there on the surface. Like it's just like. You know, it's just like, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Like, do you do you understand? Like, say no more, say no more. And it, it's stupid. Like, it's just like, okay, like, yeah, I get it. You could have done that a lot better. I mean, you could even, I, you could even read Thanos as that. Mm-hmm. But that's so much better. It's so much better. I don't think that's the intention of Thanos necessarily. But yeah, there's a read in there for him of that. Um, and you know, you could, but I mean, and that's my, but that's my point. Like even Thanos who like literally, I mean, spoiler alert, uh, destroys half of humanity, like Mm -hmm. gets rid of them has more sympathy than Grindelwald. Like even as an audience member watching Thanos, I'm like, okay, but I can see your perspective, mass Mm -hmm. murderer, you know? Yeah. The world (laughs) is really messed up and he really just wants to change it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 
by yeah. killing everyone. <laughs> that's and that's what I'm saying too. Is not like he shows them he shows them like shots of World War II and then the bomb dropping, and everyone's like, I don't want the bomb to drop. But he doesn't explain to them what it is. He's just like. He's just like, we need to kill the Muggles because of this. And everyone's like, not that. And they don't know what it is because it's 1927. <laughs> okay, and to, to be fair, that I missed that scene. I had to go to the bathroom. So I missed that whole part. So later when I was discussing it with my sister, I was like talking about all the ways that it could have been better and stuff. And she was like, and I was like, why didn't they just, you know, make him more sympathetic or whatever? And she was like, yeah. And then they had him like literally be like, look, we have to kill all the muggles. And I was like, wait, he said that? That was yeah. like the one thing that I was like, wait, why did Queenie? Because at first I was like, yeah. maybe it makes sense that, that Queenie goes over. And she's like, except for he literally said he wants to kill all the muggles. And I yeah. was like, well, that ruined everything for he me. He literally started started his speech by trying to be like, muggles aren't all bad. We just need to train them. And yeah. we just, you know, we're a little smarter than them. And we need to use our power in a good way to, like, help them see the world. And then he goes, they're brutal and they all need to die, like, in two seconds. It just, yeah. It, yeah. So Queenie's ruined. turn to me made no yeah. sense. Okay, so Queenie in this movie is the love interest of Jacob. She's Tina's sister, is that right? Yes. Yeah. Okay, she's Tina's sister. And, uh, you know, in the first movie, she, she's all, she's a wizard, um, and Jacob is not. And they fall in love. And um, they want to get married, but gay marriage, wizard and muggle mm-hmm. marriage is illegal. <laughs> and so they come to England to get married because, and I quote, it's much more progressive here, which I was like, people didn't say that in 1927. That's stupid. <laughs> uh, um, and uh, she's like, so I brought you here to force you into a marriage with a right. spell I put on you. Um, yeah. So, by the way, she's a great character in the first one. She's like, th- her and yeah. Tina are, are the best characters. And Jacob. They're all better yeah, than me. Jacob. All three Jacob of them was are my favorite. Yeah. yeah. All yeah. three of them are the best. Yeah. They're all much more interesting. And Jacob actually does what he can. He still he still comes out the best <laughs> in this movie. Yes, I guess. Yeah, he does. not in it enough. So. Yeah, they don't oh, no. give him a lot, no. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't have anything to work with. But he goes for it, man. Like, absolutely. He's, he's, Dan Fogler is absolutely still sold out on this thing. And I can, like, props to him for trying. Um, no one else's and so then uh he like newt's like hey don't drug people and force them to do romantic things and she's like but i want to and he's like but you can't oh my gosh he breaks the spell on jacob and she's like i just want to get married and he's like yeah me too like I don't not want to marry you. We just, it's illegal. Like they will murder us if we don't like, if we do it or whatever. And, uh, she like, doesn't understand that still. So then some stuff happens. Yeah. Question mark, question mark. Here's here's a question. She supports Grindelwald. Right. (laughs) But here's a question. That whole thing doesn't even make any sense anyway, because if it is more progressive in, Europe and they can get married in Europe. Why don't they just move there? She doesn't need to drug him. Like yeah. they can get married yeah. there. Well, clearly they make had any discussions mm-hmm. and Dan Fogler was not on board and so she had to drug him. Oh, was my. what I assumed. I mean, he was on board. He just wasn't on board with breaking the law and risking her life. Right. Yeah. I 
don't know. So then, like, so then <laughs> they disappear, There's and then so she supports Grindelwald and leaves Jacob and to go join Grindelwald. Right. Is she... So the big theory right now is that she's impervious. Is that yeah, a thing? That's, that is my it's, husband's theory. It's a thing. Yeah, well, I mean, we, we saw it happen, didn't we? Like in the movie, they mm-hmm. they had imperious who, like some follower or something. Strange's mom. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think she is. I I did not see. I was advocating for the fact that she had chosen that, and actually, that was my favorite part of the movie. I was like, I'm really happy that she made that choice, but that's because I hadn't seen the scene where Grindelwald. So I was thinking that Grindelwald had been like really persuasive and eloquent during his speech that I missed. And so I was like, I really love that they made the choice to have Queenie go over to the dark side. I thought that was a really great choice. And then Shem, yeah. And then Shem was like, no, she's imperious. There's no way she chose that because of this scene that you missed. doesn't make any sense. Right. And I was like, okay, well, then she either has to be imperious or it, I mean, it doesn't make any sense. The other thing, the other thing that does back up the imperious um, curse theory is at the end when not only did she just join Grindelwald, she suddenly is like his right hand man at the very end, right? Yeah. Like she's she's like, (laughs) be kind with credence. He's very scary. Well, because she like, can read minds, right? So I that's know she whole... can read minds. But, like, it's it's like she's all for it. I feel like she should have a little bit of hesitancy. Like, did right. I make the right call? Is this really going to help me to marry the man that I love? Because that's her driving motivation the entire time. Right. She believes that if she follows Grindelwald, he is going to make the world a more free place, and therefore she can marry Jacob. But that's literally right. the opposite of what he said. Right. So, uh, it would be, like, to get back to what Mike said at the very beginning of the, the discussion is, it would be hilarious if she was imperious, because then the two major things that happen in this movie <laughs> yeah. have, have no meaning whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Just gotcha. None at all, yeah. uh, which is oh. really funny to me. So, I think she's imperious. I want her to not be, because that's a much more interesting place to take a character. Yeah, because at least it's her decision. Then. Yeah. Right. right. It's a, it's a right. character well, that's decision. that's what I was hoping, because I yeah, feel like it would have been a really plot. interesting thing. And, and, like, the idea that no one's safe, right? That, like, anybody could go over to Grindelwald's side, and so there's yeah. this sort yes. of, like, underlying fear. Mm-hmm. But, but no. But no. I mean, it would no. make sense for him to imperious her because she's useful because she can read minds. Yep. Uh, I have one last major point and then a couple minor loose ends of garbage that we have. Like, it just doesn't warrant a larger talk. So the last major thing I want to talk about is Credence. Uh, and Lita Lestrange? Oh, you're right. There are two. Okay, let's talk <laughs> Credence first. We'll talk Credence and then go into Lita Lestrange. So Credence is the Obscurus from the first film, um, which is, an Obscurus is what? Um, well, uh, that's a great question, <laughs> MJ. Um, they seemed to have developed this thing called an Obscurus in the first movie of Fantastic Beasts that basically if you are deprived of love and seriously abused, you can develop an Obscurus. They seem to hint in the first movie that it is a creature because Newt knows about it. However, it doesn't really seem to be a creature. It seems more to be a just manifestation manifestation of abuse. So I don't know if like the creature comes to someone who's being abused or if they're just misusing the word creature. But at any rate, he he is an obscurus. 
Okay. The, the, the definition of, of Obscurus is very obscure. It's, it's rather sure. obscure, yes. Right. Yes. Um, so he's Obscurus because of some trauma he suffered growing up as a gay child in a religious household. Um, yep. Well, in an orphanage. It, right? Yeah, in an orphanage that uh, Has oppressed him. evil fundamentalists. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they were, like, kind of crazy religious people, right? And um, that was, like, the whole, like, social commentary of the first one. That was kind of it, actually, yeah. um, from what I remember, is, like, uh, the, the credence is gay and religious people are bad with gay people. And but also Grindelwald was totally grooming him, which was super creepy and like sexual yes. abusey. Yeah. So there's yeah. That. So then Grindelwald is like, I need that guy because I can't fight Dumbledore. So go get me that guy. And they're like, got it. And so then they go and get him. And then he he's like, you're, you're Dumbledore's brother. But also he goes to kind of find his real parents and finds like a, a little woman who is was the housekeeper at the time and is like well your name was my adoption paper like why was that a thing and then she gets killed before he can find out i think and he freaks out and then uh how does he end up at the tomb <laughs> oh yeah um okay. right. comes to him and tells him to go there okay so grindelwald comes to him and tells him, like, hey, you got to show up at this tomb. And uh, he shows up at this tomb. And then just two characters of the Lestrange family just, like, just vomit exposition. exposition. Oh, my yeah. <laughs> the place. And they're like, does that help? And he's like, not really. <laughs> um, I mean, reason number 8,000 that a novelist should not immediately jump into writing a screenplay yes yeah <clears throat> yeah accurate people who go and write books and also do screenplays they are the worst yeah, man, those <laughs> yeah those people are the worst they can so, dabble in multiple mediums so arrogant <laughs> yeah, yeah no there's no. a level of arrogance to all that stuff absolutely this is arrogant this is the most arrogant thing a person any, can do any, hey, let's create, talk any about creative endeavor has an arrogant oh absolutely to it. but like but I think that her mistake is thinking that her ability to go and write a book it translates to writing the screenplay. They're because so different. I think the last two movies have proven yeah. that she's not adept at that. Yeah, well, she didn't... who let her do it by herself? Who she did? She's a billionaire. Here's the thing: is like no people, one's telling her no. Yeah, people come to her and they're like, "What about this?" And she's like, "I have a billion dollars." And that's <laughs> No, there's another part of the conversation. Do you have a billion dollars? <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. When's the last time you wrote a check for three million dollars? Oh my goodness. Yeah. And so, um, so he gets like he gets this super complicated backstory. I, someone does anyone know what that was? No. What what was? I'm sorry. I yeah, lost yeah, he, it. Yeah, he was a little strange, but just so, kidding, he's not. Yeah, so oh, okay, right. so so tied into this is the the ballad of Lita Lestrange and her half brother Corjibal. What was his name? Corvus. I don't remember. Corvus. Corvus. <laughs> I was partially right, and oh, uh, she. So Corvus is like, I gotta kill Credence because 
I took an unbreakable oath to kill him. Oh, wait, no, no, no. Corvus is the baby. I don't remember the name of the guy that had the parasite in his eye. Okay. What? I can't. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're getting Man, there. a lot of stuff happens in this movie, guys, and nothing happens in this movie. <laughs> right? <laughs> yep. Um, so, there's, yeah, there's this guy who's like, I gotta kill Corvus Lestrange because I took an unbreakable oath. Also, there's a parasite in my eye. That's unrelated. <laughs> I'm just going to pass anything. out. Literally had nothing to do with anything. Let's just shove another creature in there. Yeah. Um, Literally shove it in to his eye. So that happens. And then like they meet at the tomb where Grindelwald's going to hold his rally, but they meet at the Lestrange tomb to find the box that has the Lestrange family tree. And so the parasite guy is like, here's a complicated backstory about the Lestrange family and you're Corvus Lestrange, and now I have to kill you. And then Lita Lestrange is like, but wait, there's more. Here's a second complicated history of the Lestrange family. Wherein I murdered my brother with the Titanic. Yeah. Okay, and also, you know what I'm realizing upon further reflection is that um, I'm pretty sure this breaks the magic of the Unbreakable Vow. Because correct me if I'm wrong, Hannah, but I'm pretty sure that once the unbreakable vow has been fulfilled, you know, like the person who's made the vow knows. Like there's a magical thing that happens because when Snape made that unbreakable vow or Draco made the unbreakable vow to kill Dumbledore, it was like he knew when it had been done. Like he knew Dumbledore was dead. Okay, standing there. I didn't know that, but that just makes sense if you think about it for that third of a second? Yeah, it certainly makes sense. I think you're right, but I mean, Draco was standing there when Snape murdered Dumbledore, so, so he also I mean, went okay, down in that way. Corvus is alive and he's going to be in the fourth movie or some BS. Um, Probably. So then Lita is like, I, you know, I was going to take my brother to America. My brother was Corvus, but then he wouldn't stop crying. So I switched him with another baby and then he died on the Titanic. Ugh. And did not uh, like that. No, it was rough. Even. Wait, wait, wait. Time out guys. Why do we care about any of this crap? There's no reason to. (laughs) That's that's my problem. Because it's a baby. That's it. The like, only reason you're supposed to care about it is because it's a baby. Like, why no, am I, I know I am pro-child murder on this podcast, but that's the most lazy, stupid thing. It's so dumb. Uh, like, I, I just don't care. Like, Why am I following these people? Yeah, there's no reason. Like, uh, The movie has don't not worry. given one reason to care about any of these people. Don't worry. She's going to die. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> so... So she's like, I, I've had all this trauma, which we kind of get a backstory on when she goes and visits Hogwarts about, you know, it, when she saw the Boggart, that was her dead brother that she saw floating, but we don't know that. And then we get explained that right before the climax of the movie, but it still doesn't matter. And she's like, so you're not Corvus Lestrange. Does that help? And he's like, no, not really. Oh that's my gosh. It also um if so something that kind of blew my mind about this movie, um one hundred percent more babies die in this than the movie Halloween. Mm. And uh <laughs> 
if I showed you those two movies and said, which one of these has a baby die in it? You're going to guess Halloween 100% of the time. Because uh, there's a scene, if you haven't listened to the podcast, there's a scene where Michael Myers contemplates killing a baby and then doesn't. But it also doesn't make sense because he's evil incarnate and kills without remorse. So why would he stop there? Anyway, well, technically two hundred percent more babies. Yeah, I was gonna say because you did see the one. Grindelwald <laughs> killed a baby at the beginning. Yeah. Of oh, did he? Yes. yes. Wow. Yep. Wow. All right. Yeah. All right. He well, he's no, the bad guy, guys. He's the, the bad Harry guy. The series started off with almost attempted child murder. Sure, so that's true. Rollins is doubling, doubling down on that. Crap. Yeah, so it was supposed down. to be. Yep. It was supposed to like hearken unto that, right? Like that was uh, it was supposed to like. I assume so, or she has like a limited repertoire of this is an evil act that makes someone clearly yeah. bad, oh, and she's just pulling yeah. that out of her bag of tricks. No, absolutely. It read to me like she killed a baby. That's bad, right? Yeah. Although, but then they then they blow it off because Tina's like, it's okay, it wasn't your fault. Um, yeah, actually, it was your fault. Wait, you may not have meant Lita, her baby brother. Yeah, Lita is like all broken up about it. She's been carrying this around for years and years and years. She tells the whole story. She confesses, and then Tina is like, it's okay, it wasn't your fault. It yeah, it was. It was most definitely your fault. I mean, you may not have meant to murder him, but it was your fault. But can we also explore the idea that, like, why is there a magical wizard ship that is painstakingly traveling through the ocean with magical people on it, multiple families of magical people, when there is, like, a number of ways that people can travel magically without drowning in the ocean? Wait, that wasn't a Titanic? I mean, it might have been. I I straight up thought it was a Titanic. I don't think so. I, I for real, so. for real thought it was the Titanic. Why literally would it be the <laughs> Titanic? Because I mean, this would be stupid. Yeah. <laughs> like, they were like, you know what would be great is if these wizards were on the Titanic. Yeah, was, no, I legit but was the housekeeper that. was the housekeeper a wizard, though? She was something magical. She, like, was part elf, I think they said. Okay. Okay, so she did have magical powers because the children why, don't. Why did they not just take a dang port key? I don't understand why there they were on so a boat. There are so many reasons that they could have done the anything else. That's the only reason I could justify it being them traveling that way is that it was the Titanic. Because J.K. Rowling doesn't care anymore. Yeah, that's gotta be it. So oh Lita's God. also got this stupid backstory where she like used to be with Newt and then she's with our artisanal bread. What's his name? What's his, what's his brother's name? Artisanal bread. Starts with an L. I can't remember. Handsome okay. Newt. We'll call him yeah. Chiseled Jaw Newt. Ladolphus. Lamerx. I don't know. Something with an L. Here, I'll look it up. Hold on. Eddie Hotman. Mike said Eddie Hotman. <laughs> I can't with Theseus. Uh, Theseus, Theseus, it wasn't an L. Oh my god. A lot of yeses. All Theseus. Right. Alright. So yeah. Scamander. Yeah, she's with the coffee bean and tea leaf scamander. And <laughs> he she's engaged to him. And then Poor why? Because she saw something. Because she saw a misprinted news article that said he was she was engaged that's to That's her character arc, guys. Oh that's the only thing she does in this movie. Pout over a misprint. <laughs> yes. Pout over a misprint is the name of my uh, upcoming <laughs> album. Oh, my. <laughs> Okay, and also, like, doesn't engage in any conversation with him for the rest of the... Because she's so mad that she can't even, like... 
approach it IRL and because, and because he mumbles so much he can't yeah. just tell her he just has to no. mumble about it for a really really long time <laughs> he tries and she's like no and he's like guess I'll mumble about it yep okay what the heck you guys mumble. this movie is a mess <laughs> Yeah. I'm so sad. It had so much potential. Okay, and done. every single thing that they set up in the last movie that had potential, they literally destroy in the first, like, 20 minutes of this film. They take everything away. Like, they were like, hey, Jacob, you had a memory wipe. And he's like, nope, psych, just kidding. I super didn't. And, like, Grindelwald, you got locked up into prison. And, no, uh, not in five minutes of this movie, I'm not in prison anymore. There's no problems to solve, people. We've just taken care of it in 20 minutes. Enjoy the rest of the two-hour flight. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That's that's all. Um, okay, little loose-end things that are just funny to me of how trash they were but don't really warrant a larger discussion. Um, McGonagall's in this movie. Oh, yeah. Mm. Now, we don't... To be fair... No. <laughs> no, we're not, not named as Minerva McGonagall. So However, if she isn't, that's stupid. Um, and she, like, she, so the big problem is readers figured out when she started teaching at Hogwarts based off of a line she has in the fifth book, because Harry Potter people are weird. And Heck yeah. Uh, it, she would have started teaching in 1956 at Hogwarts. And this movie takes place in 1927. And not only is she in a scene in 1927, she's in the flashback scene with Lita Lestrange and Newt. Yep. I can guarantee you, I can guarantee you she will come out with a statement saying that that was not McGonagall, whether or not she intended it to be. Absolutely. Because they figured out the math, and so now she's going to back She's a gay immortal teacher now, She was tragically in love with oh Dumbledore forever. Um, uh, Nicholas Flamel's in this movie. Oh, I can't. I can't, I can't even. Was that the one? It? Was that the one that you were upset about? Because that was the one I was the most upset about. Yep, there it is. The worst cameo of the entire I was like, movie. Why are you even here? Also, I'm pretty sure. Correct me if I'm wrong, Bean. But drinking the elixir of life is supposed to like. Make you, you immortal and keep you, you preserved. preserved. Yes, you don't age. You dumb dumb. What? What? Why uh. is he like, like decrepit and falling apart? Yeah, yes. there's like a running gag that he has like avian bone syndrome where his bones keep breaking. Like, man. Yeah, this is like. Who is he talking to in the book when she's like, "It's up to you," and he's like, "I haven't seen action in two hundred years." You're like, yeah. What? Well, <laughs> I must have completely also, blanked out during this scene. Oh, I guess. But, I'm pretty sure that yeah. was the president of Makuza, wasn't it? That he was talking so, to in the book? Oh, I couldn't tell, honestly. So, so, yeah. So they're like, you gotta go stop Grindelwald. And he was like, I'm on it. And then shows up <laughs> after everything happened. Yes. Even though I'm he sticks his well, wand into well, the ground. Well. This is the one that more than any other thing in this movie actually made me kind of mad as a Harry Potter fan because they put it in the trailer. And so I feel like it was an attempt. It was it was like not even a well-masked attempt at grabbing Harry Potter fans for their money. It was literally putting somebody in there that Harry Potter fans would be like, oh, my gosh, he's going to be in this movie. That's so cool. How exciting that we get to, like, explore that here. Take my money. That's what it was. 
And so then when it's like not explored and like completely unnecessary that he's there, I felt really, really betrayed, like used. I felt really used. This whole movie made me feel used. Like don't capitalize on my fandom. JK Rowling, you already got a billion dollars. He's also supposed to be married and his wife is nowhere to be found. They're both immortal. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. And like, why it's like why is Lita Lestrange Lita Lestrange? Like it's just there. There's no reason for her to be a Lestrange. Go ahead. Makuza Matata. <laughs> oh man. Oh my. I'm upset I paused for that. Um <laughs> I'm not. I feel like it was very important. <laughs> Yikes, please. Um it means no muggles for the rest of your days. No, no madge. No madge. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Oh, my. Put more thought into that than J.K. Rowling did to this entire movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's, this whole movie is just a cash grab, you guys. Like, it's just, it's the most cynical, like, it's just, it's, it's highway robbery. Like, it's literally yeah. just there to steal from you. That's mm-hmm. it. Yeah, That's so- all the... Speaking of stealing from me, I have one more sad story. Well, maybe not one. But Corey and I have Movie Pass. And um, we haven't been using it very often. And so we're probably going to say goodbye to Movie Pass because it's they're trying real hard. But anyway, we got to the theater and Movie Pass was freaking out. And so I had to pay $10 for a movie that I technically already paid for. And I was like, this movie hates me before I even sat down. And it hated me the whole time. <laughs> I think, that, no, that's apt. I think it it's it's mean. It's a mean movie. It's, it is. It is mean. It's, it's, it, it's contemptuous. It has a contempt for those people watching it. And that's not okay. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. I think that yeah no it's it's so cynical and so cash grabbing. Guys, and like, you didn't like watching all first act. You didn't like watching a two-hour trailer for three other movies that are coming down the line. <laughs> There's no way know? this is going to be three more movies. No, it's not. Uh, it's gonna, it's I don't know. It's become, doing really it's well. No, it's no it hasn't. No, it's not. Hasn't it? It had the no, biggest no. opening weekend. Well, it did, but it. In comparison to what it could have been and what the previous one was, it's the it, lowest opening weekend of any of these yes, Harry Potter movies. Yeah, exactly. it's, mm, it's sixty agree. million is not what they want. Good. Do you want to show growth? And yeah. they have it's shrinking. Yeah. yeah. So it's going to become a trilogy real I, quick. Yeah. I did have this realization though that Voldemort is technically at Hogwarts during this thing, and I got real excited about the idea that maybe we would get some Tom Riddle action going on in these movies. Like I would be on board for that, and I know that that makes me really, really naive, but I probably will pay some money if that happens. They probably would have. Wait, 1927. No, nah, 19- it's not there yet. So no. no, not yet. But this is span- oh, this battle be. spans for 19 years, right? And Voldemort's right. born in 1926, uh, so he will be. And I'm really interested to see if he if he plays in it because I think that would be fantastic. Like I would that love. That might be. Interesting. Uh, don't don't wish for that. You think yeah. that would be a fantastic beast somewhere to find? I think it would. I think it would be yeah. fantastic beasts. <laughs> be careful oh, what you my. wish for. I think J.K. Rowling can easily screw that one up and I introduce some new wrinkle you, to it. Yeah. Uh, she won't let anybody else do it, so she's gonna, I don't know. Oh, uh, last, last thing I have is, what the hell was up with his assistant named Bunty? <laughs> <What>? <laughs> <laughs> 
shirt off. <laughs> yeah. And Dude, her like weird like... orgasmic moment when she got hit with the water. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm uncomfortable. Oh, that was so, it was like, uh, anyway, I won't get into it on the I was like, what's show, going on? Hey guys, you recognize like what character we haven't talked about really that much? Newt's commander. Yeah. There's nothing to say about him. Yeah. He's a dweeb that I want to push into a locker. Yeah. <laughs> oh no. I like oh, I, I don't want to go that far. I want to give him a swirly. All right. Oh no! I want to bully that character. No, I love him. You're wrong. No, no, I love him. No, he's not really a character. I like his cute, freckly face and his mumbly words. Oh, no. I like oh, them I all. Can't. I, you know what? Last time we recorded about these movies, y'all were talking about the mumbling, and I was like, "Yeah, he mumbles. It's a little annoying." This movie, I was like, "Have I gone deaf? I can't understand out. anything he oh, says." Okay. Yeah. Okay. Did you guys have a hard time hearing all the dialogue in this movie, or yes. was it just the theater I was in? No, uh, it was a little rough. It was, yeah, it was a little rough, but particularly okay. Newt and Theseus. I was like, it must run in the family. I can't understand anything you're saying. Yeah. Uh, Did yeah. we ever talk about anything we liked about this movie? I'm really very <laughs> um, depressed. MJ said it was pretty. No, no, no I said the first, the first one. one was pretty. This Never one's mind. super ugly. And David Dang Yates, it, Hannah. <laughs> you opened David, up a can of worms. David Sorry. Yates did this. He, his, the... Ugh, it was so frustrating because the way he layered his shots was completely backwards and it was the most infuriating when they take the port key. I I threw a fit when this happened. He, <laughs> they take the port key and they land in Paris or whatever, right? And the shot, the establishing shot when they land in Paris has two old guys in the foreground and then them in the background and... Jacob says, like, oh, I sure didn't like that port key. But the focal point of the shot is the two old guys in the foreground. So I was like, did they become old men? And I had to do, like, a Where's Waldo to find them in the shot. And they were way oh. off in the background. And I was like, what? Who did that? And why? David Yates. Oh, man. <laughs> it was so frustrating. Um, uh, he needs to get booted off this series now. I'm sorry, but, like, his whole visual aesthetic... This like constant gray, grimy thing. It may be yeah. applied when the Harry Potter universe was getting darker, but now we've had like this consistent gray, gloomy style for seven movies, I want to say. Six or seven, right? Seven. It, so what happened to like the brightness and the colors of Harry Potter? I understand like the Grindelwald, Grindelwald is approaching and whatever, but like the whole visual identity of this series has been completely ruined since about the third movie yeah, of Harry Potter. Yeah, I was going to say, Alfonso, he, he yeah. killed it. But, yeah. and, and people, well, okay, people like Alfonso because he made a good movie. However, he prematurely jumped the gun on graying the series yeah. and maturing it up. Because that should have happened at the fourth movie with the fourth mm -hmm. book because that's where things change. That's, that's like, like comes right. Back. And so that's when like the visual aesthetic should change then. But he had to have his cake and eat it, and he wanted to have his own gritty, grimy style. Mm -hmm. And it ruined the rest of these movies. And now we have the same director now for six or seven movies. Six. six. And, I mean, where's the magic anymore in any of this? I liked it in the first one. It was good. I didn't even like it then. No, it's good. Because it's in New York, and like it's like the gloomy... Like, 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 yeah, 1920s New York. Yeah. You can, I, I understand, but... like. Whatever kind of life and magic was in this series has been snuffed out visually. And it bothers me as a fan of, like, what the series was supposed to be about, which was, like, wonder and adventure. adventure. And it's now just this gritty, grimy thing all the time. 
I think it's time for some new like blood here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I I want someone else to come in. I was fine. I liked. The, I think Yates. I think his best one of these is the last one, maybe. Fantastic Beasts, the first the first Fantastic Beasts. I think I think that he has improved as a director mm-hmm. with each one. I don't think that except this one. Yes, this is the the step down. But he also was working with worse material. Yeah, that didn't lend itself to any sort of real visual. Creativity. I feel like he was like, okay, f me, then got yeah. it. <laughs> he was just in it for a paycheck at that point. Yeah, yeah. But I don't. I'm not seeing any wonderment anymore with any of this stuff. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh. Okay. Actual last thing for me. Here's why I want to bully Newt's command. There's a scene in this movie where there's a flashback, and they're they're facing down a boggart mm-hmm. and they show a boggart to Newt's commander and it's a desk with a typewriter yeah and his right. worst fear is working in an office his worst fear is working in an office <laughs> that's the thing he is the most afraid of out of all of the things to be afraid of like, I work in an office. I don't like it. I don't want to do it. If I had my druthers, I would podcast full-time. I would be a full-time movie critic. But that's, like, I understand that we live in a society. And, like, sometimes you can't. And sometimes you have to take an office job to make ends meet. to like So you can do this other stuff until you can get paid for it. Mm-hmm. Like, come on, man. It's so cynical and stupid and i'm so condescending it's super condescending and maybe this has plays into a lot of my own struggles i've had with this this year where i tried to leave my office job and pursue my dream and all i got was panic attacks and like it's stupid it doesn't make any sense and it's so like you want to talk about white privilege there it is by the way like Mm. that's yeah that's just privilege Mm -hmm. Yeah, there, yeah. Like there, that's all that it's. Do you know how privileged no. you have to be hey, to man, be afraid of working in an office? You're not a hero because you're not brave like Scamander is. He's a real hero. F that. He can he can walk away from jobs. <laughs> no, I want to hit that guy so yeah, hard. I know. I, I think agree. there's probably some sort of backstory about his family upbringing, though, because. The way that he handles the whole interview with the Aurors, which, side note, Newt shouldn't be an Auror. He didn't even graduate from Hogwarts. Although, I guess Harry didn't graduate from Hogwarts either, and then he becomes an Auror or whatever. Okay, so... It's supposed to establish that you don't need to actually be skilled or learn anything to still win, so it's Oh, my beard. Anyway, but... (laughs) But... No, you just win because of legal technicalities. Like, who owns a wand? Okay, the the way... (laughs) That he handles the horror interview is, like, with a ton of panic. I, like, something is not right there. But I will say I agree with you because, obviously, working in an office is not the worst thing that can happen. But he's also a teenager when he sees that Bogart. Like, he's stupid, and he probably remains stupid. That's the thing is he has he's the same guy, though. Like, he is the same character when he's a teenager in this movie that he is when we see him as an adult. Like, we see that fear of working in an office pay off for him. That's the messaging behind it. Yeah. I mean, except that he's also, like, a hot mess. And then he, his brother is like, you need to pick a side. You need to man up and pick a side. And he's like, I don't pick sides. And then at the end, he does pick a side because he realizes how horrible the world is going. 
Which was so a I feel like good arc, whole... I feel, in this movie. I really liked that part. His arc. When he said... Like, being able to pick a side. Pick I identified side. with that. I have a hard time picking a side. But anyways, that's neither here nor there. I feel like, the, I feel like that is just traced back to J.K. Rowling's poor character development of... He's, of he's a like, four on the Enneagram. That's, that's what this is. What is Everybody that? Everybody look up Enneagram. Um, I know what the Enneagram has. Commander, what's the, what's four, the four? Four is the, like, romantic... They like they want to be like misunderstood a little bit and like not tied down and just like like ev- they want to be very unique and yeah sure yeah no I'm an eight with a one and a four wing and uh, I get it but like come on bro yeah it's a little rough yeah it's that's I mean that's not how it works at all and like I don't know that part I really I that was in the third or second trailer that they released and I was like. Oh no, because the first trailer was like, this actually looks kind of cool. And then the trailers got worse and worse. And that happened in the third trailer, I think. And I was like, I'm out. I am done with this. Kristen and I really clowned on that after we saw that trailer. Mm. Um, Yeah, that's all I got. That was a lot. Uh, It's being, I liked what you said about uh, so much happens in this movie, but nothing Nothing happens. Right. Yep. And it's a sneaky kind of bizarre for me. It was because I saw it and I was like, that was really bad. I'm not going to remember anything about that. But here we are an hour and 42 <laughs> minutes later. Yep. Um, True. Oh, and we left stuff out, guys. I know. I, there are still, more like, things I, have notes. I could complain about. I have pages. About. Pages of notes, people. How come when Grindelwald calls his followers, he like sets a sheet over the Yeah, city? what the cuss was the black sheet about? Yeah. J.K. Rowling was like, you know who had a calling card? Voldemort. Grindelwald should probably have a calling card. It's a sheet. Let's make it be a sheet. version of Voldemort. That's the problem with this character. But it's a sheet. <laughs> it's a, it just it's, blank. It's the black. It's a sheet. The, it's the black iron curtain or something. Oh, oh my gosh. No, they, I can't. There's I'm gonna a, fight this movie. I, you want to fight this movie? I think you are. I think this is this is the battle against <laughs> your podcast is a battle against Fantastic Beasts uh, and Jurassic World. At least Jurassic World is interestingly bonkers. Yeah, I think this is the first movie of the year, and it's almost the end of the year that I literally kept looking at my clock, wondering when it was going to end, and I was like, "This is the longest movie ever, and nothing has happened." I literally couldn't tell yep. you what it's about. Nothing yeah. happens in it. Nothing happens in it. It's just, it's a Wikipedia page. Yep. I'm disappointed. I'm really it's, disappointed. It's not a movie. It's a lecture yeah. about the history of Various, some BS characters yeah. that no one cares about. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Pretty so rough. Sad. I thought yeah, they were going to do something with Lita Lestrange, but she's and, dead. Yeah, what the heck? Everything that was interesting, it could have been set up for a, the next movie they kill or like... I, I don't know. It's just like they like shoot themselves in the foot for the next movie. Well, and in the first in the movie, the last movie too. yeah, because yeah. in the first movie, the very end is when you like find out that Newt knew Lita Lestrange and you're like, ooh, Lestrange, that's going to be interesting. And then she just ends up being this like waifish person that doesn't know who she's in love with the entire movie. And then she dies. Yeah. Oh, but she murdered a baby in the past. Oh, with also she murdered a baby with the Titanic. With the Titanic. <laughs> <laughs> Murder weapon of choice. Titanic. <laughs> it was Lita Lestrange in the ocean with the Titanic. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Oh. Oh my gosh. Right. You guys have anything else? 
I I don't know. I don't the think score so. was good. <laughs> I, was I don't even remember it. Oh, oh, no. One thing I did want to say really, really fast is, okay, the one part that actually really did make my fan heart go pitter-patter was when they arrived back at Hogwarts and, like, uh, the Operating incorrectly? Okay, yes, but hold on. Wait. Oh, the uh, theme? Putting that aside, casting that aside, when the theme started and they I were at Hogwarts, that. I got a little bit happy. I'm not I, even, that so I don't even remember that because I was I so angry about the apparition. Theater, my whole theater lost their minds and I was like, you guys are just playing into exactly what they want. Yeah, I hated yeah. it. No, I would have been a sheeple there. I would have uh, treated <laughs> the best of them. I got all I Alex so, Jones about we it. We were in an almost empty theater. There were six other people in our theater and I was really <laughs> like oh squealing silently during that part. So I know if I'd been in a theater like yours, I would have been like, who pollerin'? Yeah, no, I was in a sold-out showing on a Sunday night. So we're, this town is nuts for this movie. Yeah, our theater was pretty empty, and I was super mad because we got there half an hour early, then MoviePass freaked out on me as if it was an opening night of a huge movie, and then there was, like, no one in there. Ooh. Well, we went at, like, a 10 o'clock showing on the Friday, so nobody oh. ever was in school, and yeah. we did it on purpose. But um, I did enjoy that part. I liked it. I don't even remember it. I was just mad that they were apparating onto Hogwarts ground. Yeah, and that they never said anything about it. That oh, did make me pretty much. She broke everything. She literally broke everything. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> oh my god! Visual on that. <laughs> Mike was hula dancing. Uh. <laughs> Makuza dancing. No, we can't. No, that doesn't. It was too. No. No. Nope. Edit that right out. <laughs> Mike, you got anything else? F this movie. Did you like anything about it? No. Yeah. I Are can't... you serious? There was not one thing. Come on, dig deep, guys. I got you nothing. Find one. I liked Jacob for like the yeah. five minutes that he was in the movie. Right. See, that's the thing. I liked oh. him, but then I got angry because he wasn't in it enough. Yeah, but that's so not his. That's a negative. Fault. Yeah. Like, that's true. I liked Jacob, and I liked the casting of Jubal as Dumbledore. Yes. <laughs> mm. And that's all. <laughs> yep, that's all I got. All right, I'm. <laughs> I've been your journey through this. I, I had more fun doing this than I did watching the movie. That's for sure. Well, that's good. <laughs> uh, that's good. It's a low bar. I know what. Like it, it progressed the storylines of all of our characters, which is that other people have reached the conclusion that I have that J.K. Rowling is now garbage. Yeah, so, so it accomplished more in this podcast than we did in a movie with character arcs. Yeah, well, that note. I'm sorry, She's guys. just, this is the thing. She is just a person, okay? I'm getting defensive of her because I feel like she's just a person and she's doing the best that oh, she can ooh, with what she has. She's just a person. Sure, but she's a person who keeps inserting herself into these situations, and then everyone goes, don't do that, and she's like, I'll do it more. She's like Charlie <laughs> Brown, just like going for that football every time. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, do you know what the this movie did make me want to do? It made me just want to go reread the series because I need something positive. Mm -hmm. yeah. That I just left, and I was like, you know what? This was dumb. I think I'm just going to go back and cozy up with my series that I love. And yeah. call it a day. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll tell you guys off mic what Kristen has to tell me about going to see this movie with me. But anyway, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm MJ Smith. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at MJSmith891. You can find me on Instagram under the same thing. Uh, that's kind of it. 
Um, feeling dope. Ugh, sorry, Aaron. Uh, formative filmography will uh, return hopefully next week, the week after you guys are hearing this. Hopefully you're hearing this on Thanksgiving. Um, and yeah, that's uh, that's that's all. Um, keep Jeremy, we still haven't heard from you. Come claim your Blu-rays. It's going to be the holidays, so you're about to wait till January. Um, yeah, uh, thank you guys for listening to that podcast by the way uh we got a ton of listens on the first episode we got like 450 it might even be over 500 at this point um so thanks a lot for that i hope you guys enjoyed it um you know where's 99 more where that came from um do we have any fox showings that we're introducing i don't know did they get back to us on like i didn't have a wonderful life or life is Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, you're right. Do we have that? No, no, I need to book someone for It's a Wonderful Life. Okay. Yep. All right. Um, yeah, that's all I got. Mike, do you have anything? Nope. Book? Sure. <laughs> nah. All right. Is there, is that, did, is your giveaway over? My giveaway's over, but I actually have another giveaway going, so. Oh, okay. Yes. So if you want to, you can go on to goodreads.com slash giveaways and check out my book, The Aurora War, and there's 100 free copies being given away. There's already 120-something people applying, but your chances are still pretty good if you go and decide to go and enter into the giveaway. So that's goodreads.com. Slash giveaways. Yes. Cool. Uh, Hannah, Bean, do you guys have anything you want to plug? Uh, no. I, I mean... I'm I blog over at Beanie and Her Birds, okay. But I mean, yeah, that's that's about it. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah, that'll do it. Um, we'll be back soon. I don't know what the rest of our schedule is. Um, there's kind of a wrench thrown in. Are we gonna do an episode on Creed two? Yeah. Cruise control. Heck yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> electric boogaloo. <laughs> Creed two cruise control electric boogaloo. Um. <laughs> Yeah, that'll do it. Uh, remember, until next time, J.K. Rowling's the bad guy. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> twist ending. So sad.